Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Now, before we get started, when I was coaching Sarah and while I was making the intro and outro for this podcast episode, and I actually did that in two separate weeks, both times, there is a leaf blower outside of my window. Now, once we do the audio editing, I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear it, But just in case you can, I just wanted you to know what it was. It wasn't anything wrong on your end or my end audio-wise. It's just a leaf blower outside. And hey, it's the middle of summer if you're listening to this podcast when it came out. So hopefully it'll help you just to really relish in the long days of summer. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and it's not summer for you, hopefully hearing the leaf blower and the lawnmower outside will help you to have some summer living on in your heart. Okay, so let's get started with the episode. And again, if you can hear that noise in the background, I truly apologize. But that is just the reality of making a podcast in your own house. Okay, so as always, I just want to spend a moment thanking you for being here and for tuning into this episode. Again, if you are brand new to the podcast, or you've been listening since day one or something in between, I'm so, so glad you're here. And if you're newer to the show, just so you know, I've been getting a lot of requests to hear some of the older episodes, because I believe iTunes only goes back until episode 50 or so. And one, we are working on getting all of the episodes on iTunes. And two, if you want to listen to the older episodes, all you have to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode and then type in whatever number. Now I know it's going to be a little bit of a grab bag, but that's the format for all of the show notes. And that's where you can get all of the notes and the links from all the podcast episodes, as well as the audio recordings. So again, if you want to listen to like 
episode 23. Then you go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 23. So it's the number 23. Um, so hopefully that will help you to hear some of the older episodes while we are working on getting episodes 1 through 50 or whatever that number is on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and all of that kind of fun stuff. And last thing before we get started, I just want to take a moment to ask you to leave a quick rating or review if you listen to the show and if it's helped you. It really helps me to grow the show and to get into more earbuds of women just like you who I really just, you know, I really see this as a movement. Dating isn't just some trivial thing, you know, you know, first world problems or, you know, whatever all of those hashtag memes are. It's really, I think, a matter of, and and, and the way I like to see my coaching and the way I like to talk about these issues that we talk about are really deeper issues than how do I get a date? But it's really about women's empowerment and not feeling like we have to give away our power to anyone, especially men, in order to get what we want. And it's not that men are bad. I'm not, when I, when I talk about the patriarchy, I'm not bashing men. I'm not talking, bashing any particular man man or or whatever. I love men. I'm married to a man. Um, But it's really just about, you know, the personal is political. Political is, is, is personal. And, and this is really where I, the core of my message and everything that I teach and coach on really, really comes from. So I just really want to get this message out to more women because it really, really breaks my heart when I see women just feeling like they have to, you know, whatever, give the farm away or whatever the this saying is in order to get love. And you just don't have to do that. And in fact, I think that the more you can really lean into who you are and what your needs are and desires and wants and quirks and all of those types of things, all of that is what's actually going to find you real love and not just like these crappy patterns of love. And I'm putting that love in air quotes that that isn't really, I shouldn't say a real relationship, it is a real relationship, but it's certainly not a healthy relationship. So speaking of not so great relationships, what I would love to know, and I know I can't see you, but just energetically or physically, raise your hand if you are one who feels like you're always attracted to the bad guy. You meet someone and you kind of know they're not really going to be very great for you. Maybe you know they're not really that available emotionally or maybe even physically. Maybe they don't even live in your town or they're about to move and take another job in another state and you're just totally and you know, you're just totally into them and you want to keep seeing them and you want to date them. Maybe you have this desire or inner belief, oh, maybe I can rescue them. Maybe I can change them. This is my fixture-upper project. I'll be the one that makes them believe in love. Um, who, who's been there? And then you go on a date with a really nice guy and he's probably more or less was on your perfect man list, which we won't even go there, but I have lots of opinions about perfect man list. But he's someone who you would theoretically want to end up with. He's really nice. He's available. He seems really smart, but he's just a little bit boring and you just can't really feel that attraction. And so then you don't go on a date or just follow or fizzles out or whatever it is. And you just keep going back to the bad guys. So if that's you, I want you to know that you are definitely not alone. And by bad guy, I don't necessarily mean like literally a bad guy. Maybe I just really mean just the guy who's just not really available, the guy who's not really going to give you what you want. And so if this is you, you're definitely not alone. And I was definitely like this for years. And again, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, then you know a lot of my own personal story. If you don't, if you're newer to me, I definitely recommend you check out episodes 81 through 86 
which is a six-part series um, of how I found love and how I eventually met Stevie. And I give you my whole love life, starting from sixth grade all the way up until basically the present day. So it's a really, really great story. And I'm pretty sure that no matter what you've experienced in love, I have some experience of or some version of that wrapped up in my story. So you can relate and hopefully not feel so, so alone. But here's the thing. And here's why we want the bad guy. Well, there's a lot of reasons. And we're going to get to that in a second with my client, Sarah. Um, But one thing is, we often need to relearn what love is and what feels like. So I've talked about this a lot. I've talked about this on a previous episode on three three relationships you're confusing with love. So I won't get too far into that. I'll put that episode in the show notes. I'm not exactly sure what episode is, but it's not too long ago. I'm, I want to say it's around episode 115 or so. But anyways, so love is more of a constant state. And the way most of us have experienced love, especially haven't really had like that healthy kind of relationship, is we've experienced it more on the emotional uh, roller coaster type of experience. And the thing is, is that when you're going towards the top of the roller coaster, when you're going up and when you're at the top, it feels really good. It feels amazing. It feels like love. It feels like sparks. It feels like chemistry. It feels like passion. It feels like everything that. Hollywood or the media or your mom or whoever is talking about all these songs, right? But the problem is that what goes up must come down. So at some point, you're going to go over the hump of the roller coaster, and it's going to come crashing back down. And that's when relationships can just feel miserable. And it feels like you can't even get out of bed in the morning, or you can't even pursue the things that you're normally interested in, even if it's things like just hanging out with friends, or reading a book or doing some of your hobbies, or and especially it feels like pulling out teeth just to do your job every single day. Trust me, I I know where I know that feeling and I know and I know that it really, really sucks. So the problem, though, is when you're on this roller coaster, when you're when you're going towards the bottom, when you're at the bottom, it feels really, really horrible to be down there. And so all you want to do is just you want to get back up to the top. And then you start going back up to the top. And again, it feels amazing fireworks, love, passion, chemistry, whatever you want to call it, but then it goes back down. And that's essentially what the cycle is until the relationship just ends. Or at some point, if the relationship doesn't end, those high highs don't feel good anymore. My caller today is wondering why she keeps chasing the guys that are definitely not interested in her and the quote unquote bad guys, the ones who aren't really emotionally available. Now, again, there's going to be a lot of reasons as to why you might find yourself in a particular pattern and situation. It's going to really depend on your own life experiences, beliefs, all that kind of stuff. But essentially, the big thing for you to do is to relearn what love is and relearn how you get love because you probably learned at some point in your life life, how you receive love. And that may or may not be in a healthy way. And you may or may not be playing that out as an adult and trying to get the love that maybe you didn't get from mom or dad from a romantic partner. So as I coach Sarah today, you'll learn why you logically may not want something like the bad guy, but you can't stop it. And you're going to learn how you might be doing your inner child work, quote unquote, wrong. And I don't mean really wrong. I just mean in a way where your inner child is just going to be like, "Mm, yeah, don't really buy that. Don't really understand that. Can't really, don't really believe that. So you're going to learn a new way to talk to her if you find yourself kind of going through that kind of dialogue as you're doing inner child work. 
And I'm also going to teach you the spa versus shower method to your emotional well-being. So as you listen into this episode today, I want you to consider, do you chase men or relationships that aren't right for you or men that aren't into you? Or worse, men or relationships that are straight up bad for you and play out old patterns? And how did you learn to get love as a child? And do you feel like you're doing the inner child work, but it's not really getting you anywhere? And do you use affirmations or mantras, any kind of positive statements, but you have a hard time believing them, making you feel only kind of worse? And how would you react if someone showed up exactly how you wanted them to be? And it was exactly everything that you wanted, not like mentally, like, oh, yay, someone awesome is in front of me, but emotionally, would you really be ready to receive them into your life physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? And if you're really, really honest with yourself, are you really ready for that kind of person and relationship? So keep these questions in mind as you listen into my coaching call with Sarah. Welcome to the show, Sarah. How can I help you today? Thank you very much. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Um, basically, I um, will always go for the guys who show some interest, but then will withdraw or they are emotionally unavailable or you know they can't pursue the relationship. Um, and it's almost like a red rag to a bull that they're the ones that I will then pursue try and kind of ingratiate myself with um as opposed to you know the nice guys I know who are genuinely really good people who are interested in me and like me as a person um uh so yeah it's it's that thing of how do I stop always pursuing the people who I know logically are not right for me yeah yeah well because I know you and I mean we work together so I can ask you maybe some different kind of questions. So my first question is, first, why do you think that you are pursuing these types of guys? Um, I kind of have two theories. Okay. Um, one is that I've kind of realized that it's almost like I want somebody who isn't interested in me to value me and to see my value. Um, so it's that thing of you've kind of shown an interest now actually acknowledge the fact that I'm a good person, I'm attractive, you like me. So there's kind of that that one side. The other side is a bit kind of more complicated and I was actually thinking about it today. Um, but I really, I think I really struggle with letting go of things. Um, and I've had a number of points in my life where I've had quite a lot of grief and I've had a lot of loss. And I wonder whether there's, partly a a need for me not to lose anything else mm-hmm. and then I kind of went into this whole actually thinking about it there's quite a lot of narrative of loss in my childhood um like pe- people in my family had lost a lot of people and they'd always had these partners who'd helped them through it and I don't know whether I kind of see that as my end goal I have to have someone to help me through things even though I've gone through it all by myself but also that fear of actually because I couldn't hold on to things that I wanted to hold on to. I'm kind of scared to let go of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these two seem like reasonable things to have realized. Um, what about, and tell me if there's anything here, is there a sense of safety 
you know, if you know that even though it's not logically what you want or logically what's good for you, is there a part of you that's like, it's kind of safe to attract, keep attracting men who you know are never going to be in a community um, with you? I think not when I'm in the moment, but retrospectively, I can say, actually, I've gone for people who are never really going to get close enough to truly hurt me. But I'm also aware that sometimes I will use those people to almost punish myself. So punish yourself for what? I don't know, (laughs) but kind of like I'll pursue the pain, you know, I'll keep needling at somebody who, you know, until, until they just outright reject me rather than just going, actually, it's never going to work. I'm not really that interested move on. I'll keep picking at it like a scab until they turn around and, you know, aren't very kind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I just know that I'll go through phases where something rubbish is happening. And I, and I know I go into overdrive of doing that and I'll push, push somebody until they do what I think they'll do, which is reject me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And what's the safety in that? Like, how does that help you? <clears throat> it doesn't I wouldn't say it helps me well there's some reason you're doing it. <laughs> no I mean the next day I'll realize you know I'll go right well I was having I was really stressed about whatever I was using that as a diversionary tactic you know to, to de- deter from what is really upsetting me um and I've kind of become more aware that I do that and I'll have these really kind of self-destructive moments um so I think it's almost a diversion from you know grief of something else but I don't know because I've done it for a long time so I'm not sure you don't know what well I've done it for a long time it's a pattern I've had for a long time that predated like losing my dad so whilst I can see that I'm doing it I'll do it now if I'm really upset I I don't know whether I can necessarily say that's always been the reason Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so some of these patterns um I think, you know, the questions that I've just asked you about, um, you know, what's the safety in it? And is there a part of you that it feels safe? I think that's more of like a current day um, reaction to obviously something else that's gone on. So you tell me like you have two, two big patterns, potentially, um, the fear of letting go of things and just the grief and having to deal with grief and seeing a lot of people lose people in your family. I mean, you losing your dad, even though this pattern predated your, your dad's death. And then, um, and then just wanting someone who's wanting someone who's not interested in you to be interested in you. To me, that sounds really interesting, but you know, well, let's, let's just put a pin in that for now. Um, and with these two, two patterns, which one reminds you of, um, what just feels most familiar? Um, I would have said the chasing feels more familiar. The the needing to be valued thing is something I've become more aware of. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. And how does it feel familiar? What comes up? I think it's just something I've, I've done for a really long time I suppose the other thing yeah I kind of can link it to being one of a big 
family, being the youngest, mm-hmm. chasing attention. Um, and yeah, I suppose that thing of somebody who I know cares about me actually show me you care because my family weren't especially demonstrative in terms of, you know, loving each other. We're a very close family, um, <clears throat> but it's they weren't a family who kind of say, I love you all the time. We do it a lot more now, we're older actually. Um, and that's something that I needed, I suppose. Having somebody who's actually going to focus on me and focus their time on me and make me feel like I was important over and above other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you were younger and you, so you're the youngest one. Yeah. Out of how many kids? Three, but we were quite close together. So it was quite a handful. Okay. <laughs> and then, so those four um, okay. So you're the youngest out of four. And what did it feel like? What were you like, do you have any specific memories or just like general memories of like, what were you doing? How did you feel? How did you try to get the attention or the affection that you wanted? So I was doing um, the meditation about the inner child Mm -hmm. and I did that the other day and I struggle quite a lot. I don't have any strong memories of childhood particularly. Things will then remind me, but if you said describe your childhood, I would struggle to think of specific incidents. But I did have kind of a memory of being in the kitchen when I was probably about seven and my mum cooking and you know, I think she was listening to the radio and it was almost like, oh, go away. <laughs> you know, not that, that's kind of, that, that's kind of the, the feeling I have was that I was another, another thing at that point. I didn't answer the question, did I? Sorry. No, but you did. <laughs> okay. You, you, I mean, you gave me a memory. And so let's, um, Let's work with this a little bit. So this was really a dynamic that was between you and your mom for a long time, right? I think so. I think my mom just has very different emotional needs to me. So she, she you know, I, and I see and one of my daughters is very like me. You know, we need validation. We need affection. We need someone to say, I love you. We need physical hugs, you know, and my mom is not like that. Emotionally, she's quite standoffish. And as I've become an adult, I completely appreciate she, you know, she loves us. We are her priority. As as a child, though, I don't think she ever could give me what I needed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure anyone could have done, but I know that she, the way she expresses her love is not the way I needed it to be expressed. Mm-hmm. And so when you did the inner child meditation, um, what did you tell your your seven? What did you tell your inner seven-year-old? Um, that I was loved, that I am important, that, you know, I I do deserve to be given attention and affection and I deserve to be listened to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want, what I want you to do is how would you say that differently if you're actually talking, how how old are your daughters again? 10 and 11. Oh, ten, okay, so you had a seven-year-old, but it's not so far. I mean, other ages <laughs> so far from seven <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Um, so let's imagine you're one of your daughters, maybe the one who also needs that attention and affection mm-hmm. like you, when she was seven years old. And let's say she was feeling how you felt when you were seven, kind of feeling like maybe like a little, not a burden, but just like, hey, look at me, I'm here. <laughs> you know, having that kind of 
that kind of energy. Um, what you just told me of what you said to your seven-year-old, how would you say that if you were talking to your seven-year-old? I would say, talk to me and tell me what it is you want to talk about. I'm here. I'm listening. I love you. I would very much just be engaging her so she felt the love. It's not just about words. It's about the feeling. Exactly. Do you feel that difference? Yes. So a lot of times when we do like the inner child work, we're kind of like, we're just replicating like we're adults, right? And so we're replicating what adults might or like maybe like teachers are like, do this, don't do that. Right. Um, what they might say to kids. And so that, Oh, you're loved. You're good enough. Um, you know, you don't have to deal with this or it's going to be okay. Or like whatever, whatever it is, it's more of talking at them. And how do you think your seven year old or when your daughter was seven, how would she respond to that? Talking at them. What being talked at? Yeah. Rather than talk to, um, She'd probably just say, I love you too. And it wouldn't be actually about making her feel important. It would be about her. Yeah, she would just join in with that yeah. that level as opposed to, because words can be empty. So you exactly. just say, I love you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So here's the thing, like you grew up in a house that didn't have a lot of affection or, you know, your mom didn't say, I love you or anything like that. And even though you, your family might've been really close knit or talked a lot, like that's very different than like that love and affection. And so I think there's a part of you that is still like that, even though you deeply want it, because the way that you're talking to yourself is probably the way that maybe an adult talked to you when you were younger, just as like going through the motions, like, okay, I'm a mom, I'm supposed to say, I love you, or I'm supposed to say certain things to my child because I don't know. That's what moms do. (laughs) Right. And so, but I I feel like that you're doing the same thing with your inner child. And that's why you're feeling stuck in this pattern because, you know, when it comes to you wanting to get this attention from your mom when you were seven years old, it's the same thing from for now or, or, or like from what's going on right now. Right. Like you're feeling the exact same way. Is that, is that true? Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense, and I wouldn't have thought of that at all. Right. Yeah. You're feeling the same way, so all you're doing is you're just you're going back into this pattern that goes back to my one of my original set of questioning, which is that this feels familiar. Yeah. It feels familiar to you to be kind of on this chase because that's how, in a lot of ways, that's really how you are conditioned to, you know, you're conditioned to believe that that's how you learn love or that's how you get love. You have to go out and get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a part of you maybe, and we haven't gotten self-punishing part, but there's a part of you maybe that is staying in this pattern because I'm talking a lot about the safety thing, but specifically because what if like someone just showed you the love and attention and affection that you wanted without you having to get it, get it. I'm putting that in air quotes without actually having to like 
put on this parade or this show or like make an effort? Like, what would that be like? Um, Logically, I know it'd be great, but emotionally, like what would your inner child be doing? (laughs) It wouldn't trust it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And actually I have had somebody do that and they didn't, they shouldn't have been trusted. (laughs) So that makes it a whole other layer. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But well, no, that's a whole other I, thing about trusting yeah. people and like when you're going to be vulnerable and, you know, yes. people and like that's a whole other topic, <laughs> or a whole other, whole other day, but we're doing that in the tribe now. So yeah. um, you'll get, you'll get tools around that. But so, so now that we've broken this down, it's not that surprising that you're attracting men who aren't interested in you. Well, show some interest, then aren't interested. And then you just go chase. Yeah. The safety isn't so much that, because sometimes the safety is like, well, if I'm chasing all these types of relationships that I know aren't going to go anywhere, then I know that I don't actually have to ever be vulnerable because we're never actually going to get to that stage of the relationship. That's a big reason. Um, and that can definitely be playing out here. But I think, I think just from our conversation, I think that there's a part of you subconsciously believing that that's how you get love. Because anything yeah. that feels easy in love can't be trusted. And that's probably been further confirmed by this one experience when you didn't trust this guy and he was being quote unquote great <laughs> and, ended up, and ended up not to be a great experience or, you know? Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Cause I, I've just kind of gone, Oh, I'm, oh, I'm doing the safety thing. Whereas actually that, that is, a whole other angle on it and makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know this isn't the inner child work isn't new to you. So tell me what are you doing? I know you did the inner child meditation, but what are you doing to connect with your child in the way that you would connect with your children? What are you doing now to nurture that relationship? Probably not enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Enough is like relative and I don't want you to think that you know, <laughs> that's a, a whole other slippery slope that we could always go down. So tell me what you are doing. And if nothing is the answer, that's fine. But I don't, I do, not, nothing is the answer. So. I do, I do, I journal and I do think that's me talking to my inner child because I'm giving her a voice and I think I feel quite unheard in lots of ways. Um, And I also think, whilst it's not my inner child, I have started doing things which kind of are bringing other connections up. So I'll kind of set time aside to be emotional because I'm really bad at being emotional. I kind of pack it all down and ignore it, which, you know, isn't a good idea. Um, so now I'll kind of almost set set an evening aside where I'm going to watch a sad film and I'm going to cry and actually allow myself to be upset because I'm not any good at that and actually doing that has made I've made some real connections about how how things have impacted me in similar ways which I would never have put together before that's awesome I love that I love that I think that's a great exercise um well here's the thing when it comes to whether it's like journaling or meditating or talking out loud um I know that you're doing a lot of this work, so I just really need you to add like 
more to it or more time, but I want you to think about the quality in which you are connecting with your inner child and talking to your inner child and think of it this way. Um, you know, if you were to show love and affection to your daughter, like once a year, <laughs> once a month, <laughs> yeah. is she going to feel loved by you? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so I talk about this a lot and maybe it was, I talked about on the call you're on last week, I think, but the difference between like going to the spa and taking a shower right? Like going to the spa is like sitting down and like writing a letter to your child, having her write a letter back. And like, I think that's great. And I think if you want to do that while you're journaling, um, but you know, we're not always going to have the time, energy or focus to do that every day. We can't always go to the spa every day that we want. Right? Just, <laughs> just not exactly. in the cards for most of us, but you know, we can shower every day or at least most days for most people, I'd assume. It's just, so this is just emotional hygiene, right? Yes. It's about connecting with this little seven-year-old girl who is in the kitchen trying to talk to her mom and her mom's just distracted by the radio and wants nothing to do with her at that moment. It's connecting with that little girl and talking to her the way that you showed me that you would talk to your seven-year-old or your daughter when she was seven, rather than saying like, it's okay, you're good enough, you're awesome, because... When you do that, a lot of times, you know, a lot of feedback or pushback I get from people who are doing inner child work is like, well, Veronica, I'm saying all these things, but I don't really believe it. Like, I don't really believe that I'm good enough or loved or whatever. And it's, yeah, you're probably talking at the inner child rather than like really being with them. Yeah. And actually, I do a thing where I spend three minutes, we talked about this before, um, saying the opposite of all the things I believe about myself. So I am worthy. I am lovable. And actually that's the same thing. And I probably need to t- change um, expressing those. Yeah. Affirmations, they're, um, they're, they're more complicated than people think, you know, it's, you know, there's all this stuff in the internet about like affirmations, like I am this, I am that. And sometimes it can just be really hard to believe because you're like, really, am I worthy or am I good enough? Like if you've like, lived your whole life, thinking you're not good enough or worthy or whatever it is. And so, but again, like there's also a lot of research to show that affirmations really do change the brain chemistry and like our thoughts and which then dictates our reality. Um, but one thing that I really like to, to do in terms of um, mantras and affirmations is I like to make them feel more believable. Like it's safe is a really good way to start an affirmation. Um, like it's safe to um, let someone show me love. It's safe to um, believe that I'm worthy. Um, or even like I give myself permission to believe that I'm worthy or I allow myself to feel worthy. Um, so those, those um, prompts, like it's safe. I, I give myself or, uh, I give myself permission or um, I allow myself can and then just add in whatever your affirmation is. Yeah. Sometimes that can feel like, Oh yeah. Okay. I could get behind that. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of thinking as well, adding in things like you deserve to be heard. I'm big into being heard <laughs> and people having a voice. And, mm-hmm. and I think that element of being valued that way as well. Exactly. Exactly. So what did you learn today? Um, 
definitely that I need to change how I'm talking to my inner child and seeing it from that angle as opposed to just you know the protectionist angle um so maybe I'm, maybe what why I do things isn't quite what the reason I thought it was and so yeah that actually is really helpful because I can I can start to change that yeah yeah awesome yeah it's just about relearning how you get love and it's just something that you learned when you were really little and that just became your worldview, right? Like just how people growing up in different country, countries or cultures, that becomes their worldview. Like this is just another part of it. But it doesn't mean that it's universally true, right? Yeah. And so it's yeah. just being with your inner child to unravel some of those beliefs. All right. That is. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much to Sarah for coming onto the show and sharing so vulnerably and openly your story and your question and a pretty public platform. And I know that your questions and story are so relatable to so many women in this audience. So thank you. Thank you for for coming onto the show. So if you can relate to Sarah in any way, whether it's a small part or a big part, I want you to consider these takeaways and try some of them for yourself so that you too can get out of this pattern of attracting the quote unquote bad guy or the guy who's just not really available to you. So first of all, what I want you to consider is consider how you learned to get love when you were younger was getting love or attention or approval? Was it conditional? Did you have to act a certain way? Maybe you had to do a certain amount of work around the house, or you felt like you had to help raise a younger sibling or take care of mom or take care of the cooking or the cleaning, or maybe you felt like you had to get certain grades or perform well in sports or look a certain way or be popular in school with a lot of friends in order to get approval from your parents. And if you felt like that approval, love, attention, whatever you want to call it, or whatever the word is that you're using, if you felt like it was conditional, and that part of you has never been healed, there's a really, really good chance that you're still playing out the same pattern, because there's a part of you that just really wants that love and approval and, and attention from mom and dad. But the thing is, is that that love, you know, love is is unconditional. And so if you weren't taught that when you were younger, then you have to learn that as an adult. Otherwise, you're going to keep playing out that pattern. Now, it's not going to look like how a 10 year old might play out that pattern, but it's going to look like how a 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever year old will play out that pattern. So maybe you feel like today you have to look a certain way or have a certain kind of job or have have a certain kind of weight or a certain kind of friend group or a certain kind of home or live in a certain kind of neighborhood or whatever it is in order to be worthy of, of love. And so the way that you get out of that pattern is by doing some deep, deep inner child work. And now it's, it's hard for me to just be like, oh, well, step one, step two, step three, but essentially, you have to create a relationship with this inner part of you, whether she's five years old, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, whatever it is, you've got to be able to create a relationship with her so that you can give her the unconditional love, attention and and approval that she never got. And one thing that I want you to ask yourself is when you do find yourself getting triggered or feeling like you have to perform or act a certain way in order to get attention, love or approval from a man that you're trying to date or are currently dating, ask yourself, how old am I acting right now? Am I acting like my 40 year old self or am I acting like my 10 year old self who's just trying to get love from mom or dad? 
And the next thing is to relearn what love feels like. Now, this is really hard because maybe you've never experienced a healthy kind of love. Maybe you never saw a healthy love in your family. So this isn't easy to do. Um, but love is a more of a constant state. And again, I recommend listening to that episode where I talk about the three kinds of relationships that you are confusing with love. And again, that link will be in the show notes. But I recommend you listen to that because love is not the high highs of the roller coaster. That Those high highs, that's more of like, um, it's kind of like that feeling you get with an addiction. And that's not a like a real feeling, it's more of just getting your itch scratched, so to speak. And so you really have to just learn a new way of loving. So how do you do that? Well, you think about someone in your life where you do have some of that constant love. Maybe it's towards yourself, maybe it's towards your dog, maybe it's towards a child, maybe it's towards a niece or a nephew, or maybe it's towards a sibling, or maybe you do have a really healthy relationship with your parents. And so it's towards a parent, or a friend, or just someone in your life who you just really feel safe to be around and comfortable to be around. You don't feel judged and you have to start to bring that into your, or that feeling into your dating life. And this passion, I think that we might get confused with the high highs and the low lows. Um, The passion really comes from a balance of feminine masculine energy and that polarity, not from the roller coaster of high highs and low lows. And the final question I have for you is what's your inner child practice like? Now I have a whole month in the love action tribe on the inner child. So if you're not in the love action tribe, depending on when you're listening to this, the Love Action Tribe might be open for enrollment and might not. It kind of opens and closes. So I can't really say when it'll be open or closed right now. It's currently closed at the time of this recording and when this podcast episode will go out. But if you happen to be listening to it a little bit later, then you can check at check back at veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. See if we're open. If not, there is a interest list that you can jump on. And when the tribe does open up again for enrollment, you'll be the first to know. But I do have a whole month of inner child practices to really help you to connect and to undo some of these patterns and then relearn new ways of connecting, new ways of giving love, showing love and receiving love. And so just ask yourself though, for now, how are you talking to your inner child? What's your relationship like with her? And what's the spa version versus the shower version, right? Like sitting down to do an inner child meditation or sitting down to do an inner child journaling assignment isn't going to be something that most of us are going to do every day, right? We just don't have the time or frankly, the emotional bandwidth to do it. So doing something like that once a week, once a month, a couple times a month, I think is really, really great maintenance, especially Especially as you are just beginning this work, but then on a more ongoing on on a more ongoing basis, what is the shower version, right? Like if you take a shower Monday and you don't take a shower by Friday, you're probably going to be stinky. So what's going to be more of the shower version of your inner child practice so that you can really keep up this spiritual and emotional hygiene. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And actually, if you want to start to unravel some of these patterns, especially beginning this work with the inner child, then I highly recommend you join me in an upcoming workshop that I'm teaching later this month in July. To get on that, all you have to do is head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And in that workshop, I'm going 
going to take you through a really powerful process to help you see the root of maybe where some of your unhealthy and unhelpful dating and love patterns come in. And then I'll take you through a process so that you can begin this transformation and begin working with the inner child and working with some of these old limiting beliefs and blocks so that you can undo them, unwind them, and really be free of that and begin to move forward in love and relationships. Again, it's totally free. I'm teaching it later this month in July. So to get on that, make sure you head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And that link will also be in the show notes where you can grab the link at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 127. Or again, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up for that free workshop. It's going to be really great. I haven't taught this workshop since January and it was a huge hit. So I'm really excited to bring it back live to you. It's been by popular demand. A lot of people have asked me to do this. So I'm just really excited to be able to bring this back to you. So I will see you at the workshop and I will see you next week in another episode of the Love Life Connection. for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.